everybody. My name is Chad Terry, and I'm the customer. My name is Jason Smith, and I'm the assistant manager here at Astro Zombies. It's Chris Losek. I'm the manager at Astro Zombies. And Jess Griego, chief experience officer at Bosky Brewing Company. And we want to welcome you to Craft Beer and Comics, a podcast. I didn't get a comic wet this time. Yeah, good job. So proud of you. I'm just going to pour some on the comic this time. All right. Brace yourselves. What the? (laughs) You didn't warn me. Ooh. Okay. Actually. So we're all we're all. All right, so, Jess, we've got we've got our, our new sponsor this month is Bosque Brewing. What did what did you bring us this week? Uh, I brought you a pickle goes. Um, it is it's we were talking goes. about this a little bit earlier. It's right. uh, loved and hated in our community right now. There is really not a middle ground. It's a just super sour pickle beer. Um, Gozes also have salt, so there's some salt there to kind of help round out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that sourness. Um, we use 100 gallons of pickle juice, um, a pound of fresh dill, and uh, that's what you got. What, what do you do with the rest of the pickle? The, <laughs> so um, <laughs> mostly it's the pickle juice. We do throw a few pickles in there, actually for TTB requirements. So when you have crazy products um, of this nature, you have to have formula approval from the government and we actually weren't able to get the approval for the um, label um, unless we actually included pickles in there. So at first we didn't even have pickles in oh, the wow. ingredients in the recipe, but now we're including them in the mash. So what was that acronym you just used? TTB? Yeah. What does that mean? The Tax and Trade Bureau. It's a federal oh, okay. agency that um, regulates um, all... It's the beer man, man. Mm-hmm. The, the, the <laughs> beer man. Yeah. Yep. So generally, you know... If you have an IPA, you don't have to go through that process. But mm. when you put pickles in the product, yeah. You have to put the pickle in there. Otherwise, you can't call it pickle down. Economics. So does that right. count for, say, if you're like, okay, this is orange. You don't have, you can put the peel, but you have to put actual fruit in too? So general fruits aren't as big of an issue as when you kind of have off the wall um, ingredients. So pickles were in that category. Um, our elephants on parade, which has... Um, Cherry and raspberry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it used to have cranberry. We actually just do um, cherry and raspberry now. Oh, that has does it taste fruit. different though? Not really. I mean, it's definitely evolved over the last um, couple of years. I'm actually going to bring that as one of our beers. Cool. I've been drinking that beer this for a long time. Yeah, oh, cool. So it's evolved. Um, that one we had to say fruited ale, wheat ale with fruit. Sorry. So we called it a fruited ale, and then they made us change it to wheat ale with fruit. And then the description had to have the ingredients. But it's all pretty... <laughs> They're the man for sure. It's the man. Right. For real. It's been a little um, arduous over the last few weeks jumping through those hoops, but we're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, because if you have a, I mean, all you got to do is make a beer that's colored orange and then you could call it orange and not throw an orange in it. Well, a lot of it too is whether it goes over state lines. So you'll see beers or that aren't canned that um, aren't going to be as tightly regulated as something that's going in a package then the game kind of changes and you have to readjust so gotcha. i read yeah. somewhere and i've learned about some of this stuff you're talking about um sierra nevada pale ale mm-hmm. um in sierra nevada the mountains like that area where they actually have the brewery the tap is less ibu and percentage than the bottled stuff because for whatever reason the laws out there are you can't have as much in a draft beer as you can in in a a bottled beer. And oh, I was like, oh, that's weird. And so then I did a little more research. And yeah, and by state, it's 
even more complicated. So we're about to, we're considering moving into Texas and we actually just realized this is no longer a thing, but um, previously, if you had any sort of beer that was below 4% ABV, it had to be labeled as a lager. And if it was above 4% ABV, it had to be labeled as an ale. Um, so then trying to jump through those Texas hoops and get TTB approval at the same time was where we ran into issues with this one. And then we actually found out that they eliminated that because it's not true. You know, I mean, is the difference very, between lager and ale actually the, the way yeast. it's made? Yeah, it's the yeast. So how yeah. do you like judge it? Absolutely nothing to do with ABV. Weird. But yeah, so in Texas, you would see a lot of um, brands that came from out of state would have different labels um, on their cans that say ale in Texas as a way of kind of circumventing that. But very confusing. It's so. weird. Texas, like, not really looking at the science. Anyway, um, state, whatever. It's a bunch know. of people who don't know anything about beer making laws about beer. Well, <laughs> sure, right. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I think Bosque would actually do well out there just because Spanish-speaking locale, at least in the southern part. Um, you know, because Bosque is a Spanish word. Yeah, and we also um, have two locations in Las Cruces, so we already have um, kind of proximity to El Paso and West Texas and we actually have a lot of people who do come over not so much during COVID but to our tap rooms and um, you know from out of state already so yeah we're really looking uh, forward to eventually moving over there. We're not far off the freeway at the Bernalillo location so I mean that's probably making you a a, a mild uh, tourist spot. It is, yeah, and you can see it from I-25, too, um, if you're looking for it. Right along the river there, yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that kind of brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, you said you're looking at moving into Texas. You have two in Las Cruces. You have two here, or one in Bernalillo. That's the brewery, and then one just off Central right down from Astro Zombies. Yep, right down the street. And then we have um, a sister restaurant, which I think you went to yesterday, Restoration Pizza. So that's um, under the Bosque umbrella, but it's a completely different restaurant. business model but it's all bosky beer and you guys and you've been with bosque since the beginning since day one as a server yeah. and where where was that the original location yeah so that was our san mateo location off of alameda and it was um right near the balloon fiesta park so we started in a it's, so we called it the strip mall struggle back in the day so it was pretty small tap room um our kitchen we actually didn't even have a full kitchen we had the panini presses on the bar top and then the brewery was in the back where our kitchen was um, prior to closing. We had a um, pretty small system. Um, we brewed about 400 barrels of beer our first year that we were open. Um, and now we're going to be approaching our eight-year anniversary, and we're going to be at closer to 15,000 barrels. Um, wow. Obviously, we've moved to Bernalillo, which is where our production facility is now. And um, we had six employees when we started. I was one of them. And now, I mean, obviously, with COVID, we've been fluctuating a lot. But right. we're... Hovering just around 165 right now. Wow. That's amazing. I went to that first location probably not long after you guys opened Mm because I used to work at that Dion's at Paseo in Wyoming. Mm. I would take deliveries to uh, Gravity Park. Okay. Yep. And I would drive right past you guys and I'd be like, hey, that's a a new brewery. Yeah. Probably check that out. And so. I, I remember going there when it was just that little room and the panini presses on the counter. Yeah. And I liked it then, and I like it now. Uh, you guys have quickly become one of my favorite breweries in town. Thank just you. Because it's it's just good stuff. You used to have a gentleman who worked for you named Jesse, and he used to be a sales rep for Marble as well. Yes. And, you know, when Marble got bought out by National, um, he kind of defected to you guys. Right. Um, and so he was... I was the bar manager at Red Robin at the time, so I 
brought Elephants on Parade on tap. And so I've been going to the first one for quite some time now. Cool. I haven't been there, like, well, obviously it closed now, right? Yeah, so we kind of outgrew that space. And, I mean, I think hindsight being what it is, we maybe would have handled that differently. But we um, were planning to move just up the street on um, Pan American Freeway because we had just kind of outgrown. We were busting at the seams. And so the plan was to move there. And then there were some zoning changes with that land and just a few things that um, made us decide let's kind of um, – change direction and so zoning changes um yeah. did it have to do with the balloon fiesta park no i think it was um honestly it, it had nothing to do with the balloon fiesta park but just more of um i don't i don't even know how to explain it it was the land and what you can do with licensing changed um it wasn't something we couldn't overcome but um we also had kind of built like a taj mahal and got a little um I think excited about what we could do with yeah. you know an entirely new building that we weren't trying to retrofit and mm -hmm. so that was part of it too there was just a lot of things that happened we also um, agreed to move out so that la reforma could move in so i don't know if you've been there since la reforma has moved in i've been there yeah yeah and so we ended up doing kind of a swap so um we left all of our equipment kitchen and brewery equipment for them um, oh. in exchange for um partial ownership so we are silent owners of that um oh, cool brewery and taqueria as well but that's run by john gazigian and jeff Jeanette, and they actually um were the um original owners of marble um, oh, so they really? have a ton oh, of okay. experience in the industry and then um john gazigian was the um director for the new mexico brewers guild um before leah black who's now in that seat and so they're really great guys and um they were able to kind of take what we had already done at um, that San Mateo location and really make it work for them. And they have amazing, authentic Mexican food, too. So cool. yeah. you should check it out. I was actually I was in talks with them for a little bit to um, see if they would help me, like, make a beer for uh, some of the production stuff I do for Orange Vest Productions and stuff like cool. that. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And so I didn't want to, like... What's this COVID you speak of? <laughs> what is this? Um, so I need, to, I need to either start hitting up other breweries or I need to get back in touch with them yeah and and see see what we can get going i'm slamming this pickle beer I this is say. really good and yeah. if you, if you want to see uh if you want to see how we um, how we really like it and how we rate it uh follow us on untapped uh follow us there at craft beer comics i usually don't like um uh, bosque are you uh i'm not jess yes <laughs> i might refer to you as bosque that is well. fine that is who i'm here representing so. all right um are you, the, the reason i said bosque is is bosque on uh, untapped yes we are on untapped yes. um we had all kinds of issues with our accounts having multiple locations um made it a little complicated but it's all cleaned up now and we have um yeah our untapped is alive and well and it's a good way of kind of getting feedback from the industry and is it just bosque at bosque on untapped bosque brewing I, I believe yeah okay yeah cool so find yeah. that find us and you'll you'll see what we rate this pickle down <laughs> economics it's great a great name, name by the way uh, That's I really a great like name. it so yeah I mean when we were talking about names um we also have a slack channel I know Exnovo was already talking about that when they met with you guys um and I mean you think it'd be easy to come up with a pickle name or a pickle pun and there are things we liked it's also really hard to get trademarks for names too and you're right. canning something so that's another kind of um just issue to be well aware of when you fall in love with a name and then you realize oh we can't right we like can't pickle rick <laughs> yeah, <there you laughs> yeah. Go. pickle um, rick probably would have been a 
hurdle. Netflix and Dill was one that we Oh, nice. We that loved, one's great, but, too. But um, you can't use Netflix in the name, I bet. No. Yeah, Netflix, no. absolutely not. Um, also, Disney names, no-go. So we've had to, yeah, we've learned the hard way. Even if well, it's not at all a Disney name, like... You know, you if it's just a reference. Yeah. I mean, they, you guys got like, any cease yeah. and desist letters yet? Or oh, like, yeah. Dumbo. Oh, wow. Like Dumbo oh, really? or something. Not from, well, yeah. So actually, um, Elephants on Parade was, was Pink say, Elephants yeah. on Parade yeah. initially. And because of how you know um, tied that was to Dumbo specifically, even though Disney obviously doesn't. Um, it's not Dumbo. It. Isn't it Fantasia where he, he like fantasizes? It was in Dumbo, Dumbo when he got drunk. drunk. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting yeah. confused. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we were able to still change it so that you still understood the concept of, you know, where the beer name came from, but we weren't able to get Pink Elephants on Parade. I just think of Rage Against the Machine and Bulls on Parade. When, yeah, when that's I'm, good. I drink that beer. Well, I start to rage. When, uh, stuff oh, that's, and, that's, oh, yeah, that's not, that's yeah. not true. Uh, <laughs> when we started the podcast, uh, we started it with a different name. Mm-hmm. behind the counter and there was a lot of those right um craft beer mm. and comics they couldn't find anything there right. so that's beer. probably available for a beer <laughs> if you'd like to you know name something after us i think we would be <laughs> oh my god that. stop it <laughs> <laughs> Five is off the table. <laughs> <laughs> right. but don't touch the table but don't touch He's the right. table we only have the one microphone um which actually that uh so we do have one microphone we're just using one uh, right now, we want to work up towards towards getting you know a full set with a mixer. That way, everybody's heard better. Um, one of our ten dollar patrons actually helped us out. David, uh, he wants to hear our sound better, so he sent us two hundred bucks towards towards gear. So we're gonna thanks, have, David. Yeah, man, we're gonna have better sound sooner rather than later. We Listen, really appreciate it. Was it was gonna take like eight years. <laughs> it was gonna take, but a while, now it'll but, take four. Yeah. I would just like to apologize to David personally for never getting close enough to the mic. So <laughs> I'm sorry, David. It's definitely Jason's fault. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me about the shop. What's been what's been going on this week? Well, we were preparing for the last uh, free comic book summer event uh, this Saturday. You know, we do a free comic book summer thing every Saturday, and we have been for nine weeks, eight weeks, okay. seven eight. weeks, and this is eight. Seven. So oh, okay. this will be the eighth and final one. We'll have more specials, more comic books. I'm going to put everything in the store on sale with, within reason. Like okay. This is the big one, guys. Yeah. If, if you only choose one to come in for, this weekend is the one to come or in. Or if you were waiting. Uh, yeah. You know, all the other ones are gone, so this is this is it. <laughs> and uh, we, we're probably going to have some dollar book bins that we didn't have out before. Definitely have a lot of specials. Beyond, beyond that, uh, the coolest thing that happened in the last week is we got this big real Ghostbusters collection in. And it had a whole bunch of weird stuff. It was basically an 80s toy collection that somebody sold us. A uh, bunch of carded real Ghostbusters stuff. And if you're not familiar with Ghostbusters, it's a movie from the 80s that might be one of the best <laughs> ghost movies of all time. Filled with ghosts and and funny horror. Yeah. And a little I, bit of... I don't think that's a maybe. I think it's a fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's a fact. <laughs> but <laughs> it's definitely the Ghostbusters movie of the 80s is the best Ghostbusters movies of the 80s. <laughs> Anyways, so they made this this toy line based on that movie. But here's the thing. I remember as a child um, thinking this says the real Ghostbusters, but these aren't the real Ghostbusters at all, you know, because you were familiar right. with the characters from the movie. And these are characters from a, a, a cartoon that became popular because of the movie. Did you ever watch? But, did you watch? Yeah, the yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. It yeah. was. I wasn't allowed to watch much cartoonage as a child. I was usually in the yard working. But yeah, 
I was able to catch certain episodes, and they're fun, you yeah. know? And the characters, uh, the, the toys are really cool. Something about 80s toys are, that are cool is they build weird, intricate things into the figures to make them fun. Like, you know, the first, I think it's actually a second or third wave, they press their arms and they all have different scared and surprised reactions, like their their eyes bug out and their ears pop out and their mouths open. And uh, Winston does a 360 with an open mouth and it spins back and they're just cool little fun toys and so jason and i have been working on pricing all these toys and just playing with them like crazy (laughs) just just googling furiously and then pricing and then you you know you do the little motion over and over again and then we giggle at it and move on to the next one (laughs) and they're not broken we swear that broken one was was never working (laughs) Uh, so that big collection came in there was a bunch of police academy action figures on I mean, oh, like four people yeah, are going to know which, what I'm talking about with that. Which I thought was weird. Was well, like, here's the first... Th- the first Police Academy movie was more in tune of the, in the the realm of meatballs and porkies. It was like that 80s raunchy kind of humor, right. something that, that I think 40-year-old virgin kind of resurrected, you know, like the the raunchy comedy. I mean, because I think things kind of got a little tame. Okay. Or it was all all in, you know? It was like either, either PG-13. Either or not. Right, 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 exactly. And so, I, you know, that um, Judd Apatow brand of comedy, I think, has really brought that kind of style back. And uh, so Police Academy 1, kind of a raunchy. I think there's boobs in it even. But then Police Academy 2, it's like, oh, this is for children. <laughs> right, like it's starting to make toys. So we'll make toys, and, and it'll be a big cash cow. And, yeah, it, and it probably was, but the toys... You know, after looking up the value of the toys, they did not fare well yeah. in the aftermarket. Um, I would there imagine. Was, there was uh, some Star Wars. It wasn't vintage Star Wars. It was, some people call it vintage Star Wars, but it's 95 and newer. In my opinion, still doesn't count as Star Wars, even though by technicality it is, based okay. on the, the so length of time. Kind of the most interesting thing in, the, in that buy, on the Star Wars side of things, for me, was some of those Shadows of the Empire figures. Because... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't. I mean, you don't see those anywhere. Like, even when they first came out, they were they were kind of hard to find. Yeah, yeah. And the, I, the value hasn't stayed. It was really hard to find a few of those figures when they first came out. Yeah, and there was never a Dash Rendar figure prior to that, so everybody the, coveted yeah, that figure. Is that the only Dash Rendar figure? Um, or did they make a they, Dash so. until the vintage later. collection? Okay, there's, there's so Dash in the vintage collection. I had, I had sure. all those, like every single one of those, every single of the well, the '95 ones that came out. Like once they started re-releasing the Star Wars characters, mm-hmm. I was like, my no, absolutely, my. and we all did, yeah, and that's yeah. why they have no value now. That's right. why yeah. the orange and green Star Wars cards, anything up to 2005, really has no value from '95 to 05. Yeah, very, very rare to find one that's super hard. Yeah, there's there's diamonds in the rough, but for the most part. There's not much They're considered there. common. Yeah. Uh, the the Shadows of the Empire run was really cool, too, because there was the... I believe it... There's probably... I'm probably wrong about this. But it was one of the earliest Star Wars carded figures that came with a comic book. You get the two-pack. It's oh, yeah. got Vader and Zizor. And that, that Zizor figure... I don't know if there's another one. I think that might be the only one that you can get out of Prince Zizor. Maybe so Vintage Collection, probably. Are, are those figures the first, like, expanded universe figures that they ever did? Um... Maybe, maybe there's there is this extended universe set that's super hard to find. Still, I don't even yeah. have all of them. There's like a, a Death Trooper, and uh, so like I do a, want to warn a, you. Jess. There's an evil Jedi, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, that's in there. The dark one, Luke's yeah. brush with the dark side. Every um, episode, Zahn, right? Every episode, 
<laughs> yeah, you're gonna yeah, deal yeah. with Star Wars. Have you? I've heard. Have I've you heard. seen the yeah. Star Wars? I have seen Star Wars. Okay. Have you seen the Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair question because I haven't really given myself a lot of uh, credit with the questions you asked me before we started shooting, uh, <laughs> recording. Um, yeah. So I actually got really sick at the beginning of this year, which I could have possibly been COVID. I don't, I don't know. know. I was very sick. Um, and as long as you're healthy, I, now. a lot of us were man. nine months yeah. ago. So I think I'm good now. Um, but my husband and my three-year-old daughter and I watched all of the Star Wars because um, I had watched them. I'd, I could, I would say that I'd seen them all, but to have watched them in the correct order and really understood. So what order did you watch them now? So, oh my gosh, that's you're putting me on the spot. Now, now the, tone of, the tone of his voice implied that there is a correct answer to that question. Right. Yeah. But let me assure no, you, there's how you want to do it, man. I mean, like, you know, I mean, watching episode nine is the dumbest way to do it, but like... Nine first no. doesn't make sense. That's what my son did. He watched the last 20 minutes of episode nine. He's like, I want to watch the rest. Really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> okay. however, however it hooks you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, have you ever yeah. Liked? so, I mean, did you watch four, five, and six, the original trilogy, then go to the yes. prequels and then do? Yeah. That's arguably the best way to do yeah. it. Lucas will tell you otherwise. Okay. And that's right. cool. And I've tried to actually introduce my brother-in-law to watching it's one through, at the time it was one through six, because right. seven and eight and nine hadn't come out. I fell asleep a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a lot of movie. That's all mm-hmm. kinds of movie. Yeah. yeah. And episode two can just go away. I don't know. I liked it. I mean, I I, I didn't care for episode one. I mean, you watched all these more recently now. So, yeah. I mean, episode one. I was one... also really sick, so. Um... Oh, yeah. Like, I remember <laughs> I might have had COVID. I remember, but I, it was, I, 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 I was glad to have gone through them all and felt like we, we were going to Disneyland, too, so I was like, Disneyland, like I can't Did go, you go there. Did you go to Galaxy Edge? Of course, yeah. So oh. I was like, still haven't been like a chunk. Can't do that without having like at least. Oh. Well, it would be no dollars. fun. You'd be like, oh, there's all the stuff that I'm not familiar with. Woo. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was amazing. I'm sure it en- you it enriched your enjoyment of the of the park more than. If you had, hadn't watched them, it did. Yeah, and for sure. We, oh so my, my cousin gosh, got I'm married. So jealous you've gone. Mm-hmm. Right? It was really fun. <laughs> um, they got married at Disneyland, and. Um, we did the whole family did a pri- like the one of the private tours of Disneyland the day before the wedding, so we got like the full experience, no waiting wow. in lines. Wow! 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 It was yeah. really fun. I'm gonna get married uh, again just so I can <laughs> do that. Jeez, and, just yeah. Saying. So after that, I don't know if I can ever go back to Disneyland and have the same experience. You know? Oh, I, was, I was like, 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 what did you do? No, 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 no. <laughs> I can never go back to Disneyland. That. So now we're just like going to have a savings account where we're just, Disney know, World? Saving. Yeah. Disney World, I've, we've never been there. Well, I was going to say, yeah, they got Disneyland all over the world. Oh, I, yeah. I went to Disneyland Paris uh, in February, February 29th, actually. Oh, wow. Of this uh, year? Back of this year. the oh. country just in time. Yeah, so I was, I was in the airport in Paris flying back and I was using my phone for maps. I was all, I was in, I was all over the place. Um, and so I was, I needed my, my battery power for maps and stuff. Um, and so I was in the airport after two weeks to fly home, uh, in March and my mom had like texted me or called me. Oh, sweetie, are you home yet? And I was like, no, why? What's going on? She's like, oh, my God, everyone's dying, and the president isn't going to let you come home. There's squirrels in the attic. Right, so I... I, Dad says this time it's personal. (laughs) So I opened, you know, I opened news sources because I was saving battery power for maps. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, God. Oh, it's getting worse. Okay, and I'm in the airport. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got back, and... I, I never got sick, so yeah. 
possibly asymptomatic. I don't know, but um, yeah. so who's your favorite Star Wars character? Princess Leia. Good I mean, you. I feel like yeah. that's the. It's, it's a great choice. She's a solid choice. Yeah, you know, she's one of the earliest female, strong female protagonists we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking nothing about it. And people are talking about it now, and they're like, right. oh, it's a big deal. And I was like, no, it was, yeah, like she was pretty just, normal she to was me. She was just herself. I mean, she right, was just right, right. awesome. Exactly. And I, I didn't really, I don't know, maybe it was the way I was raised. I don't know. My great-grandmother was like the, you know, the matriarch of the family. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. she was made of steel, that woman, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And then my grandmother, her daughter took her place when she passed away. It wasn't, you know, my grandfather was there and he was the, the workhorse, yeah. you know? And she was, she was a crazy hardworking woman too, but she was kind of the boss, you know? Yeah. And so it just never surprised me. Ripley and Alien and, and things of that nature uh, just kind of came natural and it was always weird for me to, to find out that that wasn't the case with a lot of people. But yeah. anyways, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Lay it for the win. Well... Um, why don't we get into some comic book talk? Um, since we had our Star Wars corner, which apparently we're going to have every single episode. It's not the last time today, either. <laughs> no. It's probably it's not. not. So, so give us a little background on you real quick before yeah. we get into the comic book. Sure. What's your history on comic books? Zero. Okay. You've uh, literally never read a Richie Rich or... A comic strip Archie. in the newspaper. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely Archie. did that with my with my grandma when I was younger. Um, I stayed there a lot. Uh, my parents both worked full time, and so like morning routine was coffee, which I thought was coffee, but it was really just a, a bunch of milk and sugar. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, well, you were just getting a buzz on. Like, though. Yeah, it was um, just a sugar buzz. Yeah, but it was. So you would take a nap <laughs> in the afternoon. I never, you know, I've always been like, why do I? This is how coffee should taste. It should be really sweet. And it's like, no, that's no. just how I grew up. But um, so it was always the coffee, the newspaper. We do the um, crossword and the word search, and then read the comics. So yeah, I mean, but that was man, I was yeah five six. Um, so the traditional. Like okay, cool. Said, um, I mean, four four panel. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, in the newspaper, but not you know comic strip books. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, my mm-hmm. earliest brush with comics was discovering Calvin and Hobbes at the library. So mm-hmm. there's definitely nothing wrong with that being your way in. No, mm-hmm. not at all. Garfield was mine. My, I call him my uncle, but he's really my second cousin. Uh, he gave me his Spider-Man collection oh, cool. when I first arrived in the Mexico because I was in, my dad was in the Navy, so we were on the East Coast for the first five years of my life. And then when we moved back to Corrales, he just gave me his comic book collection, and so that was the intro. And then I would go to El Paso and stay with my grandparents every summer, so my parents could have a break. Is apparently what I'm learning now, <laughs> and I wish I had some. Could use. Some one of those parents that I could <laughs> pawn off the kids too, but anyways, um, I love you kids. Uh, <laughs> so, I love my kids, to say, but I'm tired. yeah, right. <laughs> my grandfather was really into Al Cap. I don't know if any of you guys know who that is. Not Basically, good. he's a terrible example of a human being. Um, he okay. just goes to the bars and gets drunk and like eats peanuts and smokes cigarettes and drinks beers. He's like, a, this is a comic. He's a real yeah. person or yeah, comic? it's a comic book. Oh, okay. But they I was came, like, I know a couple. It was kind of like guys, you know, but... have you ever done the Far Side where it's it's a lot of just single panel yeah. quip jokes? Yep. Mm-hmm. Al Cap did a lot of that, and my grandfather had books upon books upon books of it. So I read all of them, you know, as like a six year old. Interesting. I, I'm that sure a lot of that was over the head. That explains a lot, though. <laughs> I'll explain you. <laughs> didn't make sense yeah, oh yeah yeah that's didn't how it went didn't make sense needless to say uh, so you know I had a ton of comic book experience 
So Jess, on. had you ever read a comic before, or just like the, just the Sunday funnies kind of stuff? Yeah, just the Sunday. I mean, I may have, but not anything that I remember, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I'm a little intimidated, to be completely honest. Have you read a book before? I've read lots of books. It's the same thing as a book. It's uh, like, you know, the pictures are there. I think the biggest thing for me with reading this one and being feeling intimidated, which I think is why I never got into it, um, a few of the nerdy things we were talking about earlier is because I felt a little bit on the outside of it and didn't want to be embarrassed by not understanding or whatever. I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's just that's kind understandable. of... understandable. We all experienced that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And a lot of, especially being female. I think that's a big part of it. Right. Which yeah. I was, you know, haven't really, didn't overcome until actually working at Bosky and really having to push myself. But I realized that I kind of did, um, you know, not lean in as um, we all say now when I could have when I was younger just because I didn't feel like maybe that was, I was... An appropriate member of that kind of group, um, which was totally just me making that up. I don't. No one ever. No, you're not though, and we talked about that on this podcast. I have a pretty well rehearsed tirade about gatekeeping. Yeah, Um, yeah. And it's a, it's unfortunately, it's a real thing. People to this day. I mean, yeah, you you hear all these horror stories about girls going into comic book shops and getting like quizzed basically about what they know, which sucks. Here's the Hello Kitty that you want. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, you must want uh, and it, something garbagey. Yeah, and I and I think I just try to avoid that at all costs, you know. And um, well, because it's uncomfortable. You yeah. don't want to experience that. Yeah, and, and I experienced that in beer too for a long time, which actually um, kind of led me to get my uh, certified Cicerone um, certification, which oh, is yeah. um, equivalent to a, a sommelier, sommelier wine. Yeah, yeah. because okay. I felt so kind of. Um, criticized and questioned um, just about my beer knowledge. Now you can pull them out of the water. Yeah, Yeah, but I feel like I had to do that to, like, prove myself, you know? But that sucks. And we're going to dive into that on one of these episodes because that's one of the things that we had talked about that you have. Right. And I'm like, that's, to me, that's amazing because I'm all like, what's mouthfeel? (laughs) Yeah, what's mouthfeel? What is this? So I can't, like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I can't wait. It's cool. But I just wish I would have had a little bit more of that confidence, um when I was younger to kind of explore things that were a little bit more outside of my wheelhouse. Well, the good news is you're here now. Yeah. And right. and any girl and or woman who's listening to this now can be assured that it, it's totally possible. And, and if you come into Astro Zombies, you can ask questions. If you are if you just want to get into it, but you don't know how, you're not going to be treated like a stupid girl. You know? Yeah, you're going to yeah. come in and like, cool, and what kind of stuff do you like? And we'll go from there. Yeah, and one of the the cool thing about comics, especially at this point, in the in the career is not the right word, but the history of comics at this point is that comics are a medium, and there's all these genres within comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I really believe that whatever you're into, there's a comic out there for everybody. It's true, right? Um, you're you're reading some. You read something this week that has nothing to do with superheroes. Yeah, it's a it's a sci-fi story, and it's and we'll get into it later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if sci-fi is your thing, you don't care about superheroes. There's yeah. a comic out there for you. Yeah. If you just want to read slice of life kind of stuff, there's comics out there for that too. Indeed. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think just story in general is so important, and I can you know appreciate that in whatever medium that um, yeah you know I come across, and so yeah, certainly that I don't like comic books I've just I think been very intimidated by a lot of novel readers find it hard to do a comic book because yeah. in a novel you build all the images on your own yep. except for maybe what the front cover gives you yep. right and in the comic book you don't you're given a lot of that and yeah. so 
I've talked to novel only readers who are like, well, I'm not into that because I want to build this whole world in my own yep. image. And I get that. Um, but some of us, you know, we do that as well. Sure. But we also like the pictures, you know? Yeah, Can't and that's we... actually exactly what I was going to say when I opened it. I was like, okay, how do I know who's talking? Like, is there a different color for each person? And Sometimes so it just, it's a challenge. Yeah, and so I think that was something, um, just like you said, when I was reading. And I actually... Um, spent all of my summers reading. So I'd go to the library and there would be, you know, a book list for the whatever grade or age you were in. And mm -hmm. I would make sure that I was like the first one done in Rio Rancho at public library. And so I loved reading and, but I, I really liked having that, um, opportunity to kind of create the world. And then when it ended, I was always really emotional. And, um, so I could see that being super similar with this, but I think it's just a realignment of, okay, I think the story needs to like, I need to embrace everything that's happening, not just the words. Um, right. right, 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 right. You're getting half the story or more in picture, half the story or more in words. Yeah. Just depends on the writer and the artist's collaboration. Yeah. So I think it's just a shift for me of, like, taking it all in. Because I was reading, and I'm like, well, I didn't even look at the... I need to go back because the... I do that sometimes. I've been reading comics for years. Okay. And sometimes I'll, like, for whatever reason, just focus on the words. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. And it seems to build the image itself. Right. And then when I go and I look back at the art I'm like yeah that's what I saw either I saw it subconsciously somehow and I'm taking in the whole page right right but sometimes I just focus I'm sure on that's some of it through. yeah I, I find I have to read the book twice sometimes so or I'll go back to a page, page where I'm like oh I mean I, I would argue attention. that if the storytelling isn't super clear and if you're not sure who's talking when that's kind of one of the landmarks of a bad comic yeah yeah that, sure sure um, yeah so if it confuses you maybe it's just not a great comic yeah and I actually had a few questions that I came here with for you guys which is you know kind of relating it to beer there are landmarks of bad beers that mm -hmm. um, that I'm intimately aware of now that I almost wish I didn't know because then you can't <laughs> changes. enjoy beer this yeah, way you yeah how you're you like perceive things. constantly kind of assessing instead of enjoying but I was curious if, um, what, if there were kind of landmarks or staples for like what makes this good even if it's not about your own preference but like are there certain kind of foundational elements of comics that you should be looking for to know like oh this is this is good or maybe this is off the so mark art's or... going to be a huge part of it okay. right yeah. um if if it's bad art it's bad art and and often the storytelling can't overcome the bad art sure um just because you're aesthetically pleased by art Mm -hmm. And if you're aesthetically turned off, you're automatically going to have trouble. But that's not a that's not a death sentence. Okay. That's just how some people have. And and it depends on the reader. Some readers are more art, like they lean more towards the art side of comics. Okay. Uh, I tend to be more of a this pickle beer. <laughs> I tend to be more of a reader who leans into the writing side of it. Okay. Because I grew I also grew up just reading voraciously. I. I read all novels all day long. Yeah. Um, so, and but art is subjective. So totally, right, yeah. the right. the kind of art I looking I like looking at might be totally different from the kind of art you like looking at. Right. So I put a book in your hand and you open it and you say I I can't I can't look <laughs> I can't stare at this for twenty two yeah. pages. Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I totally get that. Um, but if there's there's like panel layout like how panels are laid out are a big part of it. If it's hard for you to tell what's to what's going on, say you're say there's an action sequence. Can you follow the can you follow what's happening in the action? 
Right. Um, that's a big part of what makes a good comic versus a bad comic. Okay. How, how is it paced? Is there like a cool reveal happening on a page turn? Right. You could judge it as, as, as like a movie sometimes too. I mean, yeah. it's not far. The medium is similar as mm-hmm. far as you know. It's telling a story. Totally. And so you can judge it the same as a book as well. Um, and it's all about your taste and your your interest in what you do. So I mean, is there the end all be all? Jason says this a lot about movies. Nobody sets out to make a bad movie. Yeah. Sometimes it just happens. Nobody sets out to make a shitty comic. Sure. It. Within reason. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, unless, unless it's like, this is going to be a shitty comic on purpose. That right. Sublime comic book? That was... All those are terrible. Oh, all the rock and roll comic yeah. books? You know what, man? They haven't always been good. In fact, most of them are average at best. And I don't know if I've ever read one that's great. Right. But uh, they're they're interesting. It's a biography. You know, there's that's, a reason they're not working for the big two. Right. But that, that one, the Sublime one, seriously... Was just like I only got a, a few l- pages into it, and I, I was like, "Never mind." Yeah, and it was like <laughs> part of the word bubbles were like, "Oh yeah, remember when we made that one song, Caress Me Down,' and the other song, this one, and the other song, this one?" Oh jeez, I was like, "Did you just do a list of your songs?" Yes, like, yes, yes. It's just the, the back of the best of Sublime. It's a Sublime, it's a sublime comic made for Sublime fans, and right. Uh, I don't hey, hey, hey! I love Sublime. I, I like Sublime. Sublime. In 1997, <laughs> I loved Sublime. I mean, everybody needs a way into a story, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, for, for in sure. that case, well, that's but that's what you're like, being a sublime fan is your way into that. Sure, into that right. Story. But like, kind of going back to the the earmarks of bad comics, those yeah. are bad comics. Okay, like, fair they enough. really are. <laughs> yeah, and and there's no right answer for this right. question. You know, yeah, we're totally. all other than that one is a bad comic. Yeah. Black Wall Comics, we love you anyways. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about it in relationship to beer, and you know, there are unfortunately bad beers like that go to competitions and it's you know there's this very specific off flavor which means this thing happened during the process of that beer that you didn't do right you know and so i was just curious with comics if there was kind of a similar what for people who are very would call themselves you know comic nerds or really um you know seeing a ton of different books like if there's just certain things that are like oh no. So missing a, a a step or misdoing a step on beer would be similar to if word bubbles aren't attached to the right place okay. or a whole page is accidentally blank or sure. don't have the words. Okay. That would be that like kind of... Technical mistakes. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, totally. And that, I mean, that happens. Yeah. Well, but it doesn't make it a bad comic. It's just that made a mistake. Totally. What, when what I hear you talking about when you talk about how, how beer can be objectively bad is it's a question of process. Yes. Somewhere yeah. along the process... Something got mixed up, and this beer tastes bad because of it. Right. The heat, heat got away from you, yep. or whatever. Oh yeah, so many things. That Imagine so, if somebody doesn't use the right weight, like English. I'm sorry, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would be a problem. That would right. be bad comic. And then in comics, comics are are inherently collaborative. Like the way they're made is collaborative. Mm-hmm. There's a writer. There's an artist. There's a lot of times there's a uh, an inker, a colorist, an and editor. Some, yeah, yeah, somebody who somebody who just goes like all the word bubbles. That's basically somebody's whole job is to right. is to they're called a letterer, and they sure. go in and they put they put things where they're supposed to go, and sometimes mistakes are made in that process. And I I see them all the time. I always catch lettering <laughs> mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> I look for like mistakes and editing problems in film. This guy looks for yeah for those in comic books. I, I'm like that bubble is pointing at the wrong person. You chumps. <laughs> this scene doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Okay. Well, Chris, does Spy Island have any of that? You know what? I, not that I saw. Um, I'm going to talk about Spy Island. It's a dark horse <laughs> comic book. Uh, it's called Spy Island, a Bermuda Triangle Mystery. Um, so it's got a little bit of hype initially. Okay. Uh, it had a backsplash on the previous book, which which typically means that they threw some money at it. The previous and book? What do you mean? Previews, previews. book. Oh, it's the book that comic book shops use to order all their product from Diamond. Yeah, which it's is the previous catalog. The, yeah. the, the monopoly that, that runs the comic book industry up until this whole DC thing yeah. happens. So the reason this book got a big push is it's from the creators of Maneaters. Maneaters is a... A pretty good comic book about a, a virus that you catch from cat poop, and then it just lays dormant within most people. Anybody that, say Jason has touched a cat, even though I haven't touched Jason because I'm in the general vicinity, I could potentially have that virus and most likely have the virus. Sounds familiar. Right. Yeah. I know. It's weird. This did come out in the pre times, <laughs> the before times. So it's not related in that aspect. I but think I mean, the similar. general public is a little bit more educated than normal on yeah, yeah, on asymptomatic. Yes, yes. On asymptomatic. So in man eaters, um, and I'm not going to go into much man eaters, even though it's a fantastic book. It's it's basically women when they begin their menstruation can turn into man eating pumas. <laughs> okay, and so I mean, and the book takes place after this has happened, and after they've kind of found not a not a cure, but a way to combat it. Basically, they fill the water with estrogen, so that okay. the girls never menstruate. menstruate. Right, okay. right, and then they sell the boys water that doesn't have that, so that they can t- continue to be male and not gradually turn into female. The book's kind of out of its mind, and that's <laughs> and that's uh, that's man eaters. Right, but the the writer of that wrote right. this. Um, she wrote this, and okay. it's and it's kind of a convoluted, fun thing. And I and I did a little bit of homework, so I'm going to explain it here. Cool. Uh, Chelsea Kane, she's a novelist, co- uh, columnist. She collaborated on this with um, Leah Metternich. She's a graphic designer. They kind of made the the idea of Spylands together. And they worked on Maneaters together. And so did the artist, who is Elise McCall. Elise? Elise? Yeah, Elise is right. Needless to say. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, so Leah is, um, she's a graphic artist, illustrator. She's not a comic book artist, nor is she a comic book writer. But she's collaborated on Maneaters and this book. So she gets credit for both sides. And you can tell kind of where she's involved because it's very graphic artist-y. Um, for instance, these satirical pages that are, it's like a satirical pamphlet or something. Right. That They'll have an ad, like on the back of Maneaters and this book, there's an ad uh-huh. for a vacation spot of the Bermuda Triangle. On some of the Maneaters, it would be an ad for the estrogen water. Uh, some of the Maneaters had like a, here's an escape plan for for if you have a Puma attack. So they're like information. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like informational, informational pamphlets, pamphlet and it's one. it's not part of the story. It just adds to the story. Okay. And so I think they're very like... creative, and, and the attention to detail on those is actually phenomenal. Every once in a while, you'd be like, okay, this is enough. Can we get on to the comic? But for the most part, that's the only complaint I ever heard about Maneaters. That was, was my it was more, complaint with Maneaters. Right, it was so, more of that than yeah. it was a solid story. Okay. Um, so far, Spy Islands has that, but not as much, and I feel that they're really getting into the story. Kind of dialed it in where it's it's funny to funny because it's not all the time, and enough to kind of tell you about the world. That you're right. In. 
so going back to the graphic styling, uh, the graphic artist part of, of uh, uh, Leah, the third page in, there's stock photos, actual photos of different fish. And then it's got the old school style of um, letter labeling, label yeah, it's, maker. It's, yeah, oh, it's a label maker. Like, yeah, yeah, and it says hogfish, rainbow parrotfish, queen angelfish, and it's just kind of labeling all the different fish here. So it starts off with a guy swimming in the ocean, talking about how he loves the ocean, except for the kraken. And then it continues. Now, I'll say the color palette on this first splash page is fantastic. It kind of reminds me of New Mexico sunsets. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a real funny part in here where uh, the the next, the protagonist, we assume, is talking about places she doesn't like to be in. And the third place she brings up is Albuquerque. It's it's does she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been in a lot of shitholes, Afghanistan, and she's she's asking for help from all these guys, and she's like pinned down. Rio landfills. There's a there's a um, contraceptive that's full, oh, and gross. then Albuquerque, and she's just sitting bored as hell in front of a whole bunch of balloons. But there's <laughs> balloons there. How can she, she be bored? I don't like places I can't spell. Is her reason. You know what? <laughs> this book gets a thumbs down from me. Well, now I will say this is not the first time Albuquerque's pardon. come into comic books part of the the protagonist character here is that she's kind of cantankerous and disagreeable she's a firecracker yeah well i disagree with her so she <laughs> well so that that was definitely a turnoff initially for me because i love albuquerque um but it's a really good story so basically she's an assassin and this book this is a spy thriller it's called spy island it's going to be that crime the war kind of style it pokes fun at some of the James Bond style storytelling a little bit. There's even MI6 guy in here, and he has he has Austin Power underwears when they do their little uh, flip those pages up off the table. I'll flip you off the table. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyways, it, it's it's a good it's funny. This book, um, like I said, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a Bermuda Triangle mystery. The front cover's got an island and kind of like an iceberg. There's a skull skeleton skull that's the bottom of the island showing kind of like an iceberg type style the other cover is like a disco cover that's pretty cool and going back to the color palettes you've got this kind of pink and purple right like sunset that remind me of Albuquerque's book and then when she does what she does she murders a guy um spoilers (laughs) spoilers <laughs> there's a little bit of spoilers in all our, our reviews guys yep um she murders a guy and as he's floating lifeless up to the to the surface it's polka dot pink like it's not <laughs> it's in the ocean cool. anymore it's just yeah and this that's the fun of this book it it doesn't take itself too seriously then it goes into this it's whole kinda like um that kind of reminds me of something out of like the big lebowski or something totally, like, yeah. sure. scene mm-hmm. you know yeah absolutely it's <laughs> I love the big Lebowski. Me too. It's one of my <laughs> such, favorites. Such a good thing. I freaking hate the freaking Eagles, man. <laughs> so it turns out she's this this spy assassin, and for whatever reason, they all congregate at these weird. It's a it's a benefit for marine wildlife, and it turns out that in this reality there are mermaids, okay. and one of the first pages of. Uh, kind of offshoot stuff that we were talking about. Jason and I oh, were yeah. talking about the manuals <laughs> it's, as well. It's, it's a pamphlet a, for the um, Stop like Mermaid a, Harassment. It's like a fun, it's like a fundraiser, like, form letter that they send you, right. like, thank you for donating to X, fun, the X, you know, Wildlife Foundation or whatever. <laughs> and it's talking about mermaids and how there's four different species of mermaids and we need to get them, you know, they've been hunted near to extinction and we have to save them. So it's, it actually explains that most of them are growing in number, Except for the Bermuda Triangle native mermaid. 
Okay. And so that's why they're having this whole thing. Are they are these mermaids like classic pretty lady mermaids? We don't mermaids, know. Or are they we like We don't okay. know yet. We have not seen a mermaid yet. I just want because to see I'm on the page mermaid. four, bro. Um, wasn't, that, really cool. wasn't that Cabin in the Woods? I uh, just want to see the merman. Merman. <laughs> merman. So, anyways, there's a splash page that's. What is the name of the first page after the title page? Because you've got your soft open. Okay. You've got your title page. What's the name of that beginning for the act one? I don't know the name of it in film or anything. Know. Oh, I even looked it up last night, so I didn't look like an asshole, and here I am. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Don't worry. You always look <laughs> hey, like an asshole Hey, I'm an asshole all the time. Uh, needless to say, the first splash page is kind of all these spies slash assassins hanging out for this benefit. And there's uh, Ministry of Trouble, Sri Lanka, um, MI6, French Foreign Legion, Google. It's funny. There's a whole bunch of attention to detail. This splash page, I looked at it for probably 10 minutes. Just and every time I look at it, there's still cool stuff. And what really got me is that there's a dude standing in the background with a skull face, and instead of, like, saying what he's associated with, it just says Doug. <laughs> there's Doug. <laughs> and then there's a mime in the background awesome. uh, behind the Sri Lanka people. There's just an arm with a the with dog. a listening microphone. It looks like it takes place maybe in the 50s, 60s, more like okay. 60s. Yeah. Needless to say, I'm... For, for me, the strength of this book is is what this splash page exemplifies, which is those little jokes that are they're detailed. This team is great at that, and I think that's what moved Maneaters to be a successful book, and I think that's what's right. going to make this a successful book is their attention to detail. Um, this one I just didn't even notice, KGB, and he's obviously a little person. Kind of looks like... Um, uh, Ziplane, Ziplane, you tattoo? know? I mean, tattoo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> KGB. You don't think anything about MI6, and you, maybe it's the woman, but later he kind of comes into play. The book is fun. Um, I want to go into a little bit of history about Bermuda Triangle. Um, <laughs> in middle school, I was super obsessed with the occult and, and weird stuff. So I would read Omni Magazine. Every report was on UFOs or the Bermuda Triangle. And so I was automatically like, this book is all, I'm all about it. It's for me. And sure enough, it totally is. It's, <laughs> it's good stuff. Um... <laughs> I don't, I'm not a fan of stock photos in comic books, though. Right. Mm. And it does it twice in this book, and the first time I was like, okay, that's cool. The fish. The like, fish, you know, it's stock photos, I get what they're going for. The last page, they try to play it off where it's, they paint some some foliage of underwater life over what's obviously a stock footage of a reef. Um, that's my only big complaint about the book. Let's see it. I'm going to show it to you, yeah. okay? You guys out there in uh, listening lands, we're looking at a picture. We're looking at a of, picture. Don't say anything because it's so much spoilers. Yeah, no, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, oh, see what that, I'm saying? This coral yeah. is straight up photo. Yeah. And then they drew this leaf here. And I've seen and that they, before. And I, uh, in maybe on some shows in Nickelodeon or Nick at Night or something. Not Nick at Night. And that's but fine. I, but I agree with you. It's, it's this weird. I don't know how to explain it. It, but it, it pulls you out a little bit because all of a sudden you're not reading a comic book. You're looking at a magazine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. Here's the thing, though. Remember I was talking about the Leah. She is the the graphic design. This is her page, and you can tell. Okay. You know, oh, they gotcha. were like, okay, we're looking for a big splash page. She's like, I got a great idea. Let's do this. So they I'm not do... condemning it, but if I were to complain about this book whatsoever, that would be this it. would be the biggest one. And it's not, like you're saying, it's not all over that book. It's just these couple... Couple Two pages. pages, right, right, exactly. So it's it's forgivable, I suppose. Absolutely, and and 
even though it falls a little flat, um, the last page is, you know, it's a cliffhanger of sorts. It doesn't feel like a cliffhanger, yeah. but you're like, oh, it runs in the family, and then you see what you're seeing. Yeah, because honestly, honestly, the, the artist, I, I would prefer to see his or her, her, whoever, yeah, her art. I would prefer to see her art as the coral. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. I mean, absolutely. But my guess is, you know, Leah's got to be involved in the process, and she was either thrown a bone, right, or she asked to be part of that, or that you know, or it was a collaborative effort. And so I can't condemn them for it. But you know, trying we're trying to find some stuff here, and that's how it goes. Um, there's a mime character in here that's super cool because he talks. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's the he's the French spy, right? Right, right. Yeah. He works for, and I can just tell you because Splash Page is fantastic, and everybody's labeled. And mime is a terrible the, thing to waste. The, I'm going to say this wrong. You were in France not too long ago. I took French, but who cares? <laughs> Quebecois, Quebecois separatist. Oh, so yeah, no, that's wrong because. Thank you. Yeah, because I just know it is. Quebecois. I. Everyone there spoke English. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> really? In, yeah, in Paris? Or yeah. Pretty much everywhere else in the world, they yeah. just learn English. Yeah. I was, so I was, I was all over Europe. Was I, was in, I was in Belgium. I was in the Netherlands. I was in uh, France. Um, and everyone spoke English. PETA's in here. Oh, nice, PETA. Yeah, there's like... <laughs> the there's IRS. Like, it's like somebody from uh, like every big organization. Another small detail is there's a copy of Maneaters, number one. Oh, that's cool. So I right was wondering, right yeah, on the table. okay, cool. It's a little paw. Right, right, exactly. And the, the, that, it's like the cover of that book is sparkly, like rainbow purple stuff, and but it's called Maneaters, so you're like, what am I about to read here? Like, it's very confusing. So, so Spy Island. Um, yes. Picking it up number two? Oh, absolutely. I'm all in on this all book. Right, it's it's go. super good. If you like a crime noir, but it's got a sense of humor, good attention to detail, the art is solid. Um... And, and it's the same art as most of the Maneater stuff, so you're not going to be out of it if you yeah. don't, you know. This book reminds me a little bit of that Jimmy Olsen book that just... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just the, same the, era, too, the right? The comedic 60s? tone is is very similar, and like without it ever taking itself too seriously. And You can tell that there's seriousness because, I mean, there's murdering happening. Which is very often. serious. The whole Seriously. thing is very tongue-in-cheek, though. It's Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great book, it's, and I think I will also be reading the second issue. It's a shout-out to 007. Too. I mean, like I said, there's an MI6 guy. He's wearing British flag Speedos when they're about <laughs> to do the dirty. Like, it's just a funny book. It's a great book. Pick it up. I absolutely recommend it. It's awesome. If you're into mystery, if you're into mermaids, because apparently... They're going to be mermaids. there somewhere. Yes. Cool. So, speaking of uh, books about female spies... Uh, so I picked up Black Widow number one, which is a new relaunch of the Black Widow ongoing. I believe it's ongoing. It might just be a limited series. It's Either probably way. limited. That's geared towards the release of the movie. Yeah. This if was, you see the ads in here, yeah, they're all for July and May. Like they're, they're yeah, updated ads. Yeah, oh, wow. that's kind of a thing in comics right now because of the COVID delay mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm reading Black Widow number one. Um, I really liked this book way more than I thought and like I was talking about earlier with how action scenes are laid out right in the second page there's a really sick action like two page action sequence where Black Widow is just like fighting her way through this hallway of dudes and uh, Hawkeye is helping her and basically he's just waiting for her to get to the other side of the hallway to uh, 
so that he can basically shoot an arrow at the door so that he can open it open it for her. And it it conveys that with just these little bubbles of him just slowly drawing his arrow and then letting it loose. Oh, cool. And that happens and on then, a two-page yeah. splash, right? And yeah. And it's just like little... That's, that's awesome. really cool. I noticed that when I read it too. I thought it was really. It's a really like it's a creative action sequence that's still easy to follow. Right. And and Marvel has been doing it for a long time, so you know, they know how to write a book for the most part. Right. So one of the cool for the, things for the most part, yeah. <laughs> one of the cool things about this book, and it's, it's something that's that needs to happen in comics more, but it's a book about a female character, like a strong female lead, that is created entirely by a female creative team and they really chose they really picked the right artist for this book uh she who wrote it so it's written by kelly thompson who kind of seems to be marvel's go-to for like hey we have a female-led book kelly thompson why don't you take that right um and then the artist as long as it doesn't become typical well because right because you want more than just like, hey, everyone, we've got a female Our writer. token female writer is doing yeah. another book, guys. Right. Hey. Yeah. I, and I'm so. sure, Jess, you get that in the beer industry a lot, that it's just, like, super unique that, like, yeah, I'm not the only Cicerone. There's other females out there. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, and it's hard. And I think it's just important to be aware of that and to try to give other people platforms and be, um, you know, mindful. But it's yeah. hard when yeah. people come directly to you and you're like, well, yeah. I also got ignored for so long, so I kind of want to take this opportunity. I think it's just finding a good balance. Well, it's you know? a fine line you have yeah. to walk. Sure. Yeah. Well, and in the in the superhero comics world, there's this history of of men writing women in comics, mm-hmm. and then it just being men's version of women in comics is like, hey, here's here's this woman on the cover who's scantily clad. And bending her back in this way that isn't possible. Uh-huh. Broken spine right. syndrome. Yeah. Bro- Here's <laughs> both my boobs syndrome. and both my cheeks. So yeah. it's, you know, it's Somehow. it's cool to see a, a comic about a woman written by women where it's just a story about this character and that's right. all it needs to be. Right. Um, She's not over the top sexually, like, like the sexuality of her isn't pushed in your face. No. The there's moments. I mean, there's moments. The first page is very, like, you know kind of sexy spy look and then which she Black just, Widow of course yeah it's Black Widow that's kind of part of how she gets the job done mm, no but doubt. then it goes right into a right into an action sequence of her just kicking a bunch of ass <laughs> which is awesome yeah and um, the artist on this book I just want to make sure she gets credit where credit is due her name's Elena Casagrande and she's great like it's 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 the kind of art I tend to like where it's it's minimal use of lines to convey the same amount of action or emotion, which I always find impressive in comics. Uh, she draws so not a... Todd McFarlane? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I tend to not like Todd McFarlane. Interesting. Um, she draws a great Cap, which I always like. Captain America, guys. Not, yeah, not Captain America. I was like, oh, that is a nice hat. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, it's, it's really easy to draw cap wrong but she did a good job yeah. i thought his, his the striping on his uh his shield was interesting yeah the shield it's got is, a very large shield star yeah saving oh we got you yeah shield it starts very huge large star. it's generally small stripes big. you know it's it's artists yeah see you've got the tattoo to show you small star large star <laughs> black star gang star but Game there's the, you know there's this big dipper there's this scene where she's she, she's falling from a window that oh wow it's just a really great splash page that really is it's hard to get that kind of 
depth and, right. and action yeah. still like the that. movement yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but the story takes a weird a weird turn where something happens to her and then all of a sudden you're you're rejoining her three months later and she's in San Francisco and she doesn't seem to remember who she is isn't it a flashback no it's three months later uh, three, I saw, uh, when I read it, I, I read three months earlier. Yeah, it's three months later. <laughs> I was like, okay, Chad's going to hate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not Chad's day for this book. Wait, that splash page is her falling. Yeah. Right. So then she obviously then, hit her head, and three months later she's got amnesia? Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't remember who she is. She's in this totally other life, so like, how in three months' time has she got this totally different job and different life? And basically... She happens to walk by a news report and Hawkeye sees her on TV. <laughs> and he's like, I haven't seen her in three months. Why is she on the TV all of a sudden? And <laughs> there's this great phone conversation between him and Winter Soldier where they just really don't like each other very much. But <laughs> they both care about Black Widow. And it's, it's great. There's this great that scene where she's driving her motorcycle across the... Golden Gate Bridge that looks really great. Nice. She buys it on a whim. She's like, I want a motorcycle. And yeah. She like is able to ride a motorcycle and everybody's like, how that's, are you able to do this? That's what some of us do. Well, I, I took that to mean that like, that's like the, the who she really is starting to peek out. Right, like, right. Like muscle memory. How do yeah. they know her name? We all have to find out. That's <laughs> what part read of the, issue part of the mystery, yeah. Um, and then the last page reveal is a like a classic Marvel character, that Marvel villain that that I, th I think when he shows up tends to be a ton of fun. And we don't see him very much. So I am happy to recommend this. The art's great. Kelly Thompson's a great writer. She does a good job of, of inserting levity into the comic where it's needed but doesn't break up the drama of the storytelling. I, I will definitely be picking up number two, and I might even subscribe to this book because I think it's really well put together. Cool. Even if you're not a Black Widow fan... I also agree. This is a good book, and you, you could just pick it up and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was probably it was most likely meant to come out alongside the movie, yeah. and then when yeah. it, now that the movie is on like indefinite hiatus slash almost certainly going to Disney Plus at some point. Uh, hmm. So did did they start filming it at all? Or it was it's done. done. Oh, it's done. done. Okay. Yeah, they were just waiting for a release date. I'm They'll sure they were. Like, it was supposed to come out at the end of April. Okay. It was supposed to come out like it was supposed to be the April. first summer blockbuster. Yeah. Of yeah. The Marvel world. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. It looks good. I'm really excited about the movie. Anybody watch the New Mutants yet? No. I. I've it's heard in, some it's, terrible. It's things. in theaters, but none of the theaters in town are open. So. Got to go up to Colorado. Oh. Got, I yeah. haven't done that. Yeah, they're. I don't want to quarantine for 14 days to go see a yeah, freaking you know. movie. Yeah, I'll just wait for it to show up on Disney Plus. Or whenever it ends up in movies here, whichever comes first. But I've also heard bad things about New Mutants, unfortunately. Which is frustrating to me, because we needed a Marvel movie that wasn't your typical Marvel movie. I know right. that they kind of changed gears with with Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy and turning, like... Throwing all the I would say Guardians of the Galaxy is the, the gear shift, and then they were like, oh, Ant-Man can be funny, and oh, let's make Thor not this boring Hulk of hot man and let's give him a little bit of personality I like him he was a little way, too though. serious in the first one for sure and the second one it had a serious tone with no levity to make it I mean I've talked about here about how I'm just a big like Thor mythology fan like I love the tone of Thor that way but I you know I love Thor Ragnarok it's great it's yeah. a funny 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 movie 
What you read, Chad? What's your what's Chad? Your what you read? So, I went ahead and read. I read uh, Deceased Dead Planet number three. Um, so we've talked about it on the podcast a little bit. Um, the whole deceased world is basically a bunch of zombies. Um, so you you should be uh, kind of caught up with it if you're new to the podcast and this is your first episode. It's the anti-life equation has infected essentially everybody that was looking at a screen. So they turned into zombies. Essentially, that's For lack of anti-life. Matter. Yeah. Um, and so they've they've found out moving forward that there is a cure. But they've been like killing a whole bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> and like these heroes found out that there's a cure and they're all like, wait, Ooh. what? Oops. Um, <laughs> can, can it put people back together from pieces? Right. <laughs> How good is this cure? Crisp? <laughs> um, and so one of the things I really like about this book is that um, Superman is now Jonathan Kent, uh, Superman's son, Clark Kent's son, uh, and Batman is Damian it's Wayne. Damian Wayne's. Right. Um, and I, I, I really like those two in those roles as Superman and Batman, and people are responding to them that way. I really like that. Um, so reading this one, so basically Swamp Thing, he showed up and he got a bunch of people because the green was calling out to him from Australia. And the green is essentially plant life, right? Okay. Swamp, it's and it's swamp the whole thing is, all plant life on Earth, and right. Swamp Thing's job is to be the protector of the green. And okay. he's because he's a so part it's nature. Of it and, I mean, yeah, for lack, yeah, of, a better for word, lack of a better word. So he gets this group. They go to Australia to figure out what is going on, why it's screaming. So no, let me ask you this, and maybe you don't know the answer. Um, he's part of the green. Now, the largest living organism is the Great Barrier Reef, which is located in Australia. Is it related? I mean, it is not, but okay. I thought the Pacific Northwest was the largest. Uh, there's the, the largest living the, single living organism, organism is is the Great Barrier Reef. Are you sure it's not the... I mean, oh, maybe it's changed the was, name. It's the, pretty sure. There's a name for the one organism. Yeah, it's, it's a, the, the uh, aspen trees are basically... Like a hive mind? They're, they're yeah. one organism that just sprouts up in a whole bunch of different places. Pando, isn't that Pando, its name? Pando, yeah. it's oh. the largest... And it's a giant, like, miles and miles long. It's just all one organism Hmm, that's basically one forest. And it's, I think that is the largest single living organism. They said a bunch of those trees, you know, the fire in California that's happening right now, they, even though they burn, they're all still alive and doing fine. Yeah, because it's all, like, connected. So it's Uh like, well, if, if it's this one thing that's like, if we let this part of us die off, we can protect this section by... I don't know, retaining water or something. I don't know. I don't okay. know how things work, but... Come on, man. But it's neat. <laughs> you asking Chad science questions. These are questions. science things. <laughs> I was impressed that I, I couldn't figure out the name, but I was impressed that I knew that. I listened to a podcast about it recently, so nice. it was somewhat fresh in my mind. So if if they were, Swamp Thing would know all about it, he would he Indeed. would be there to help. So, um, <laughs> so they show up, Plastic Man... Uh, really decimated the, yeah, zombie the group. That zombie plastic man is like the most terrifying thing in the world. Yeah, it was so bad. And so, so they're sitting here in the beginning of the uh, in the beginning of this issue. You know, um, what's his name? Is that Bobo, the monkey? Uh, I don't know. I forget his name. Oh, it's um, it's Detective Chimp. Yeah, Detective, Detective Chimp. Yeah, there you go. I can't remember He's in uh, Justice League Dark right now yeah. too. Um, and so he's they, sort of in that role in this as well. 
Yeah. And so they got Zantana to kind of help out, and they're like, oh, we need to get out of here. Blasting Man is, uh, you know, he's he's out of control. He's a zombie. He's, okay. he's killing a bunch of people. And he's, he can get as big as he wants. There's right. not, like, a lot yeah. of limits. He's, right. Plastic Man is was one of the most powerful beings in the DC universe, and pe- people don't know that. Plastic Man can Which beat is crap weird. almost anybody. Right. He's also, he's also like he's a big goof, so. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of a jerk. He's not the best Even person. Even when he's not a zombie, or well, yeah, yeah, yeah. in normal <laughs> <Okay>. life. <yeah. laughs> so they're you know they're moving through kind of Australia, finding out what's going on. There's a, a bunker with a bunch of the villains in there, um, and they they don't make friends necessarily, but they they're like, hey, let us in for a minute, <laughs> and they kind of have a conversation, the the good guys and the bad guys, and so they're. They've got all this this um, plant life in there, and that's what Swamp Thing is hearing. He's like, the green is crying out in here. It screams. And he's just, he's upset about it. He's, he's the protector of them. And he's like, you're growing this stuff inside just to consume. And that's not what wildlife wants. And I don't want to spoil the, like, reveal, but it's the way they're doing it that ends up being the problem. Right. It's a it's a great sort of uh, little coalition of villains too. You got the penguin, and uh, Maxwell Lord. Yep. Who is going to be in the new Wonder Woman movie? Shazam is in here. Miss Marvel. Oh, Mary. Yeah, Mar- Mary, Mary Marvel. Marvel yeah. Um, so so it's a, I I we've talked about this book almost constantly, mm-hmm. and it's still one of the best books I've been reading. Um, I did have a couple questions. Maybe you guys can answer. Okay, Jess. <laughs> Throw out an answer. I don't even care. Um, Purple. Yes. Nice. That's one. actually 42. my favorite color. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, can Swamp Thing die? So, as far as I know, yeah. Have you read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing? I know nothing about him. So, basically, Swamp Thing isn't actually a man anymore. Right. Swamp Thing is uh, basically this confluence of plant organisms that think they're a man. Okay. So so when he gets shot up, it's not hitting like any or final no, organs. No, no, yeah. No, it's no, just he's we'll grow literally back right plants. Like okay. when he grows back from As almost say, yeah. But he does have the organs of like the, the shell of the man that he was. But only but they're not functioning. But only through like because his brain makes it. Yeah, like yeah, it, it he forces <laughs> you his remember body Spiders Man? Spiders Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the it's just a bunch of sentient spiders that think they're Spider-Man. Yeah. So they get into like a Spider-Man costume and Spider- do Spider-Man yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's called Spider's Man. Yeah. There's one there's one panel in here it looks like he's pooping roses. Uh, okay. <laughs> and nice. is that Thank you for bringing our attention to that. Jack. Yeah, I, I, I the the art in this book I'll is buy it just for that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, what else is what else is it going to poop? Um, <laughs> Probably plants. Right? Well, it is roses, and I know you like to think some that you sort of edible stink, nut. Right, exactly. Maybe. Um, so it smell like poo poo. Smell like poo poo. This swamp, the swamp thing eat. So there was. I'm sure there anything to digest. I mean, yep. so uh, I was talking about Batman um, and Superman, and how they're they're actually the the kids now. We find this page here. So Jim Gordon actually goes up to oh, Damian Wayne as Batman, and it's one of the best scenes in this book because he he walks up to them and and he's sitting there sewing. Batman is Damian Wayne. Batman is sewing, and uh, he's like, 
I'm not going to lie. I never imagined Batman would sell. And his response, I don't want to spoil the response, but it makes complete and perfect sense what he says and why he's sewing. Um, and so it's, it's just, for me, this is, it's, uh, Tom Taylor is the writer, writer and Trevor Harrison is the pencils, inks, Gigi Baldasny. Um, but Tom Taylor is such a good writer. Like those small moments that he has in these books, in this weird zombie book, they're they're these impactful moments that that you sit and it gives the characters time to breathe and and really hit you in the in the heart. You know what I mean? And honestly, in deceased, that's what I'm in this book for. It's for the those little moments, those little character moments that Tom Taylor does so well, and I. I sing his praises in the store all the time, but he's so perfect. He's so good at characterization that that's why I'm there. The zombies, like I'm almost reading this book in spite of the zombies. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. I don't like zombies. I don't like. I don't like scary movies. I don't like zombie movies. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Right. But but this book has me hooked, and I'm gonna anytime it comes out, I'm gonna read it because of those moments. I, I don't feel that it's called deceased, but. It's, that's just the plot device to move the, what the story is about. And right. And it, I mean, it's similar to The Walking Dead in that, you know, The Walking Dead's not about the zombies. The zombies are a speed bump in the middle of the road that they're just constantly having to run over. The it's zombies more about, are a setting, and then the story is about the people. It's about human humans trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic world. I mean, you know, and, and how they react to each other and the zombies, etc. There's a nice little wrinkle in this deceased, deceased book where... The zombies, you know, there's always like, oh, that's my brother, and you know, like, the governor had all those heads, and Michonne had those guys on the chains, and like, everybody has these aspirations to get their families back and things when they find a cure. So for deceased to have kind of put that off and not have cared about that, and now there is some kind of cure, it's a cool little wrinkle in the story that makes it completely right. different from all the other zombie movies that yeah. we've seen or because, zombie books. And now they know, like, okay. We gotta change our tactic yeah. tactics because we've been like we're superheroes. We've been punching zombies in the face. Yeah, and we've just been cutting <laughs> these zombies up. Exactly. And now we can't do that if we are if, like we right. are. Our heroes. conscience is going to. So we need to, to definitely. We suffer. need to figure out the cure. Um, and then one of our, one of my other favorite moments in this book, um, it's uh, it's with Maxwell Lord, and the disagreement him and Swamp Thing have, and it escalates quickly. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. There's a great little sound effect blurb oh, there that and that's it sells yeah. it. It sells it so much. And I gotta find the art because the art in this book is so easy to digest. Like it's you know, sometimes you get artists who are all very like it's I don't even know the word for this it. This is this is very DC house style. So see here. And he's like, ah oh, man, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, eventually we'll have video hopefully for you guys you can join us on that journey just seem to enjoy that moment but, but for uh, now if you want to see what's in these books you're going to have to come check them on Masters on right exactly so uh, as far as Deceased goes so they, it, it continues on and they actually figure out who they need to contact um, because the person the person that knows that there's a cure um I'm going to go ahead and spoil it, is Cyborg. They found his head. They finally reattached it to his body, and he's well, like... Well, it's because he was the he was the vector through which Darkseid infected the, the world. The with world, the, yeah. With the, uh, 
anti-life equation. Exactly. So they so he has the cure, so they're working with him, but there's only one way to like access it apparently. And they 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 go and they find this guy, and that it's I don't want to spoil that part because it's at the end of the book. And the, John Constantine is the he's the main player in this book, and that end is perfect for him to be able to go to this person and be like, you know, the other guy he's like, well, how do I know you have a cure? Because somebody I love is gone, and you're telling me you want my help, but you have a cure. You're just trying to get me to help. I, I'm not going to help you. And he he's like. I can prove to you that I'm not lying. And the way that he does that is amazing, I think. So is I don't it, want to spoil it. I mean, okay. Yeah, we yeah. won't talk about it. But if you know John Constantine's character, you know what he can do. So you may have an inkling as to what he may have done. Right. So I will be picking up uh, number... What is this one? This three. is number three. I'll pick up number four. I'm going to read this until what I... What about when they have zombie. another series? And then I will. a series after that. I will. And a series after that. I'll read the series. And a series after that. <laughs> and as long as Tom, I don't like it. As long as Tom Tyler, Tom, Tom Tyler, as long as Tom Taylor is writing it, I'm in. Right. Okay. Like I'll I'll be there for basically. Deceased is absolutely a. a, a it's a, a surprise. Buy. It's a surprise. Great story. Right. You know, coming out of the metal stuff, which I'm not a huge fan of. I don't hate it by any means, but I'm not all about it like some people are. Um. I was worried that this is just going to be another one of those large DC stories. And even some of the Marvel ones that happen, I'm not a huge fan of. But this DC book is really good. I kick myself all the time for passing on the first DC series and Mm -hmm. then reading it later. I would love to have that in singles, but oh well. What are you going to do? This guy has That's the uh, collector's lament. Yeah. yeah. So do they come out weekly, or how does that work, generally? It generally, it's monthly. Okay. Um, these days, there are some books that are bi-monthly, Oof. Um, and they yeah. can get a little they can get a little overwhelming, especially when they're Batman books. Yeah. You've got, like, four Batman books coming out every month. X-Men's doing it, where there's an X-Men title every week, oh, okay. and they're all related, and they're all tied into each other, and so you're... I mean, you're buying three or four X-Men books a week. Okay. It's both they trying to keep up. too much then. It yeah. can be too much. As opposed to a TV show when it's like, well, every Thursday I know what happens next. And yeah. you have it. So it's just a different kind of expectation. Comic books but and then, traditional TV are the same where there's there's a storyline, then there's a cliffhanger, and you have to wait until the next one. Right. Until that arc is finished. Or you can buy it in graphic novel form, and that's your Netflix page. That's your Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, okay. you can binge it by reading all six issues of the arc, in graphic novel form, which cool. we sell here at Astro Zombies. You have a few. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would argue to say that we have the largest graphic novel collection in the uh, selection, not collection, in so, the state. So in like early 2000s, that would be like buying the season. On DVD, yes. DVD. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Okay. It's, yeah, you, it's just a way to consume it in one sitting if you wish. And, sure. and honestly, as a, like, as a new comic book reader, if you are into, if you're like, this was actually a lot of fun, yeah. that's probably, probably somewhere you want to start. Find a character you like, read that whole storyline. Okay. That way you're not like, well, I don't, I don't get the week, month by month thing, and it's slow. Like, you can pick up a story, read it, and then be like, cool, I know a writer that I like now. And you can find other stuff that that person writes. In right. the, the, the early days of comic books, the graphic novel thing wasn't there. Yeah. Um, if you missed an issue, you missed an issue. Right. And if it was an expensive one, like the first appearance of Cable and you missed it, guess what? You're never going to read that book. Or you, it will be a long time. You'll have to borrow your friends. He won't let you borrow it because he knows you're going to spill Coke on it. You know, like... <laughs> or, right. or pickle down economics. Oh, yeah. man. I'll just suck that 
beer right out of that guy. <laughs> <He's> like, ah. <laughs> I'm surprisingly really into this pickle beer, man. It is uh, right. Yeah, I, and I sometimes, too, I'm not a huge pickle fan. My husband and my daughter love pickles. Um, my husband is like, every time this beer comes out, he's like, bring it all home. I want, I want all of the pickles. But every time I have an entire one, I'm like, oh, I do like, like, it's just, I don't know, there's... It's just right. It's very balanced for yeah. what it is, but if it's still sa- you can, it's sour. You can taste the salt. Yeah. The sour that goes isn't too much. Like, most of yeah. the time, you're like... Oh, it's uh, uh, sour and it's hit me in the face. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't. It makes my cheeks go no. I'm but generally don't drink. That. Yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. glad you guys like this beer. Yeah. <laughs> this score is going to bring the whole average down. Right? Oh, everybody in my room liked it, but Here's Jason gave it a one. I try to be fair. I try to be fair. I, I like. Is it accomplishing what it set out? What it's setting totally, out to accomplish? Yeah. Right. That's then how I'm, I'm not going to give it a one. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's that's, that's how I'm. Fair. That's how I'm it's doing just, it. It's just this well. is a personal preference thing. Totally. Oh, of course. Turns out I don't like drinking pickle juice. <laughs> Do you um have you had a pickleback before? Have you ever taken shots mm, with picklebacks? Nope. I have it's not. delicious. It's Get some good. bourbon and a and a little bit of pickle juice and you just shot just of bourbon. None of that slams pickle juice. Good to me. Yeah, it's so popular good. in Las Cruces, a like Jack Daniel shot and a pickleback. Apparently people drink pickle juice after like long bike rides and runs too. Yeah. Which Electrolytes. Wasn't yeah. Yeah. Makes sense, but Crazy. I don't do a lot of that, so So Jess. You're up. It's my turn. So this is our book of the week. So we're all going to interject. You don't, you're yeah. not on the okay. island yeah, by you're yourself. Not on your yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Your spotlight's right. not on you right like, now. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. Obviously, I read through it. Then I kind of had to go back and look at the pictures because I realized, oh, I'm not doing this in the correct fashion. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the title real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, it was intriguing for sure. Um to me, it was like, well, what's them? We only find them when they're dead. And um, that's the point of the title is who's them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, It's a mystery. And, totally. and so It's written by Ali Wing, and the artist is... Simone DeMio? Mayo? So, uh, Ali Ewing, of course, Immortal yeah. Hulk, Avengers. Um, yeah, he's he's been working with Marvel a lot recently. He's a British writer who... Yeah, he's a novelist. Yeah. Turned he, comic book... Yeah, he his way into comics was through being a novelist, which seems to be a pretty common way these days. But he's doing a lot of really interesting stuff at Marvel, and I think that's part of why we saw this book fly off the shelves today. Did you uh, read the "You Are Dead" uh, Deadpool thing? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. He I wrote didn't that. Read it. I didn't realize. Oh, did he? It. Yeah, yeah. Um, so was it the "Choose Your Own Adventure"? It's "Choose Your Own Adventure" it's Deadpool. Yeah. I bought that one issue. So. That's so it. fun. I mean, that's yeah. just cool. And Al Ewing's novels are typically pretty serious. So for him to have, like, done this really funny, like, satirical thing, I thought was great. To the artist, Simone DeMeo, uh, she, a ton of Power Rangers stuff. Okay. And then um, Old Man Logan and uh, some Doctor Strange. Um, that's that's the history of the artist. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so immediately I was, you know, curious who who them was and why, you know. We only find them only when they're dead. dead. Yeah, <laughs> um, the obvious questions from the title. And, well, that, that's um, a great title. I mean, often it's an Jason title. has to hear me making fun of manga titles all the time because manga titles are like a they're whole ridiculous. paragraph sometimes. So like, you know how, like, mid-2000s, like, bands Bam. did this thing where they would their song titles were like a whole sentence long. Yeah. That's the manga is in that phase right now where <laughs> the titles of the books are all that time sentence. I got reincarnated as a slime. Is it yeah. wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? You're just like, 
this is a title or this is part of the book? What right. is that? You're like, you realize they're going to have to write this title down for restocks, What is that right? Modest Mouse album where it's like, this is a really long drive for someone who has nothing to say? You're like, this is a really long title for the name of an album. <laughs> Anyways. That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the other part was finding them. Well, what does finding them obviously mean? And like, is... There's a lot of questions raised by the right. dead things, the are you looking for them? Um, so what I kind of, I think the intro, obviously there's just action kind of from the beginning. There's obviously um, a team of what seems like main characters, although I'm curious that in future um, books, if there's going to, you're going to meet additional teams or if this is kind of the protagonist team, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. They, yeah, they explain it a little like, bit. We can't yeah. talk about it because yeah. it would be a big spoiler, I think. Okay, but, so... There's some, is, expla- there's some explanation in there. Okay. Um, yeah, but I think the interesting thing for me was, oh, this there's like graveyards of, there's some graveyards of what are called gods, and what does that mean? Right, and right. Uh, like, it's super compelling. I think yeah. that's what drew, drew me to this book is, what are we talking about here? You know, we only find them when they're dead. We don't know what they are. And then when we do, we're like, oh. Now I've got a thousand other questions. Right. right. I don't okay. Why are gods dying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a salvage yard of God. Like, have you yeah. seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first one? Mm-hmm. There is, it's called Nowhere, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a sentient giant's head that they mine. Right. Similar. And that's essentially what they're doing here. Right. It seems to me like these are scavengers yep. and they are harvesting the bodies for resources. They yeah. explain that they've overmined and so it's, you know, this is hitting on some some uh, social aspects that we already deal with here on Earth yeah. and that's, uh, you know, we overfish the oceans, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. They've overmined space. Which and, is impressive. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is, you know, they what else are they going to do? And then they find... These gods, I'm holding my fingers in quotation marks because we don't know if they're really gods. But right. they find what they, they think are and call are gods, and they're mining them. And that's the basis of the book. But it's more, I think, uh, you know, it's sci-fi, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I thought that, um, what was the line, kind of, you know, like, almost like a little jingle I read in, as I was reading it, but the eight bells, all's well. Um, yeah, line, that was a little... Mm-hmm. feel like that's going to be more meaningful later. Um, absolutely. So. Absolutely. It's a it's a big part it's of cert- the storytelling. It certainly means, seems to mean something to them because they say mm-hmm. it a lot. Mm-hmm. It seems almost like they're, they're sort of inside joke in a way. Mm-hmm. Or It's some, almost like every time they said it, like, yep, I'm good to still continue doing this thing. It's almost like a... Like, like an like a Like an almost. Like, like an I.I. Like still good. Yeah, 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 yeah. They said something about setting time to it, though. Did you get that? It's like on the third or fourth page. They're like, set your time to eight bells and all's well. Well, I think, oh. I think, that's where they start their. I think it's how they're. That's referring to how they uh, standardize time, like, because it seems like everything on the ship is super well, super closely regulated by mm-hmm. you know the powers that be, and they talk about the the, the ship is listening all the time too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems to only not be the case when they're like in faster than light travel or whatever right they have right. that two minutes or whatever and time travel light travel where they can uh, talk Speak freely, freely yeah. about whatever is going to be coming down the pike so to speak um, I was also curious what the flash forward like 30 years was they were trying to establish that this is time has passed this is dystopian 
level stuff where oh, they talk yeah, about my grandmother. I, think, I remember the first time I saw gods. A, my grandmother told me this. I think and this so, is the. I think this is that main character. Yeah, that's right. The yeah, character. yeah. So it just seemed, but the mom felt like there was something going on with the mom from then. From right, this, right, um, right. They're basically saying, okay, my grandmother told me these stories about gods. I remember the first time I saw a god, which means that the grandmother has dealt with the gods right. as well, which means that time has passed. That's just a way of saying time has passed without saying, hey, bunch of time passed. Right. Um, but it was interesting, too, because the author also mentions his mom at the end, so I just yes. feel like there's some, like there's, I don't know, correlation between... Just like, like the novel is going to be like a very personal story, I think is kind of what that might allude yeah, to. Yeah, it felt like there was a mother element, even with the god that they're showing, like... Right. It seems like a mother... Female sort of character. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I love the design of the god that we I see. I do, too. You know, um, kind of reminds me of uh, Galactusy yeah. and its color palettes and the way the helmet's done. She did say this purple earlier, so you were correct. Purple. purple. <laughs> I kind of... The, the purple palette in this book is kind of one of my complaints about it. I think that a little too much. there's a lot of coloring choices in this that make that make the art hard to follow. Uh-huh. And I found myself sort of re-looking over panels a lot to be like, okay, this is what's happening here. Um, I, I thought the art in this looks really cool. I don't know how successful it was in storytelling. They use that, uh, the fuzzy effect to give it that motion look that yeah. Marvel mm-hmm. started doing a while back. I think so, purple lends itself well to space books because you get that sensation of darkness, but it's not black, so you can still see what's going on. Yeah. That's, that's what I like about purple in this book. I mean, it just helps you see, you know, it, it still gives you the feel of space without just blacking out the whole page. Yeah. I think I, I, think I agree with you, though, Jason. I, I love purple. Purple's my favorite color, so that doesn't bother me. But the, the way the art is, like this page specifically here, this is great because you're you're seeing what the god looks like and all that for the stuff. first time, basically. But like all this other stuff, I'm like, what? What is this? What is going on here? I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's just, just hard to. Panels are just static shots on like on random things and super zoom. But people are talking over it, and it's I can't follow. It's hard for me to follow who's talking and I had what a hard they're time with doing. that too, but I thought yeah. that was my own just kind of inexperience inexperience with the. And I almost felt like at one point, like maybe the colors associated with the characters, but it doesn't seem like that either. So right. that was and so, a question I had or something and, I noticed. And there are times I thought, well, okay, this environment is this color and this environment is this color. Right. But then there's other points where it seems to not follow that convention, which only confused me more. I, I wanted to like this book more than I did. Me too. I So, and, and one of the not just one, a couple of the things that that had me is they kept referring to them as an autopsy crew, right? Like, that's what we are. We're an autopsy crew. That's their title. But that's that's not anything. They're they're salvaging things for for parts, right? Right, right, right. And so I'm like, I don't... So so let's pretend... You're not trying to figure out what killed this thing. You're just just grave robbing, essentially. But we don't know if they already know. Yeah. See, yeah, so my just, the reason that I that I kind of just went on through that is I felt that they were called an autopsy crew because initially that's probably what they sent four man groups because they they talk about this as a two man ship, this is a four man ship. Yeah. You know, and they're very particular about those things. 
So I felt that, you know, an autopsy group is a, a four-man group that goes out there, That's performs the auto- autopsy on... But now, obviously, it's grown well beyond that because we're generations past when that started. And now they know what they're doing. And they even talk about the overpopulation of the harvesting of the, the gods. And then it would make sense for, like, we had to develop this big, like, laser knife that's outside of the ship mm-hmm. so that we could, you know, try to cut the god open and see what killed it. Yeah. It would, it would make sense, but and they, they don't, don't really go give that. us yeah. any of that sort of background here. I did I did like there was a, a part this, where two two of the ships were fighting with a skirmish each other. Right. The skirmish. Yeah. And the skirmish was literally like legal threats. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like mm-hmm. we've been doing this spot for years. We year. have a claim. I was here first. Blah, it's, blah, blah. it's mining claims. It's, right, no, like, absolutely. You know, it's, and gold, that's, it's gold rush stuff. But that's that's just what I liked about it is that they're like, it's a skirmish. I'm going to sue you. And there's, <laughs> a, uh, there's, um, there's a police officer, I'm going to call for lack of a better word, that kind of polices the situation. And apparently... The protagonists that we're following initially here, at least, have history yeah, there's some with sort of, some sort of beef. Yeah, there's beef. You own beef. I've got beef. Um, and then for me, the the end page did hook me as an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. The art is again, it's it's amazing art, but not all the time for me. Sometimes um, you get rushed. It's hard to distinguish at times what's going on. Um, so, so for me, I'm a no on number two. I am uh, yes on the number two if I don't have too much to read that week. (laughs) I'm definitely going to read the second part. I'm super intrigued to see where the gods are coming from. And then there's that little extra thing there that we can't talk about because it's a spoiler. Yeah. I'm super intrigued to see what, you know, why do we only find them when they're dead? Right. Why? I don't know. Maybe. Where do they come from? I'll probably ask you guys, like. What is it? <laughs> it turns out that they just play hockey in space. And then they, <laughs> wow, that's really illegal hockey. The black gods are killing the other gods, and then that's what happened. I don't know. And so <laughs> I'm super intrigued to, to read the second book, and I will be reading number two for yeah. certain. Yeah. We, we well, grade our books based on will you or will you not read? What do you think? Mm. I know it's a little interesting. Because no, I mean, I never... think since it's my first one, I am yeah. definitely curious, and I think that like there's no harm in continuing at least into the second um, book and then deciding from there. I usually kind of treat the same about TV shows. Like try to at least get through two episodes before I make a decision. And there's been plenty of times where I've, you know, watched the second one. And been like, yeah. Man, but, I got um, seven episodes in the Fear of the Walking Dead when I was finally like, never mind. God, I don't even know why I put up with all this. <laughs> I watched the whole first season of that, and then when the second season came out. I just never Oops. got around to it. Yeah, it, it totally Oops, slipped it. past me. I feel like I did the same thing. We might have watched three or four, and then we just stopped. And then Walking Dead, we did the same thing, too. Like, we kind of just didn't. Like, we well, it was consciously decided. Yeah, there was a point there's nothing in happening Walking anymore. Dead where yeah. I just kind of... I got it's behind. the same thing for five the, seasons Yeah, and now, it's always like... like yeah. The, yeah, and it's just like a new group of people. And I don't know. I think there were a few egregious, violent moments that I was like... Like, it was hard to get past. This doesn't was even it, move the story anymore. It, it's just violence just, for the sake of violence. Yeah, yeah. I, was I think when, I recall some of those moments. Was it when Negan showed up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that seems to be the point that a lot of people I know yep. were like, okay, mm-hmm. this is too much right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I love gore, and season two, um, with the, the well zombie, which we just got the pop in, by the way. Um, the well zombie where they're pulling him out of the well, and then he splits in half, and it's just like, 
this is fantastic Gross. special effects. It's super gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most disgusting thing ever, and it's awesome. Yeah, they, do a lot of really, they do a lot of really cool effects for the TV show budget, for sure, especially in that second season. And that's that's the reason to watch The Walking Dead, the for sure, but it, it started to just become, like I said, they're the, the, the zombies are just a speed bump, speed bump in the story. And they're almost like, I'm walking, I'm walking, oh, there's a zombie, I'll step over and around that, and I keep walking, and then, oh, there's another zombie, I'm going to step to the left, and then yeah. Carol's going to shoot two kids, and then, you know, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> shit. <When> it's <laughs> that's heavy, but the rest of this is garbage. Yeah, and if you do die because of a zombie, or I guess you become a zombie, like, it's almost embarrassing for that character. You know, like, at some point, it's like... Well, how many mm-hmm. times are you going to kill a character, then bring him back to life, and then really kill him? You're like, yeah. there's no coming back from that, but I don't care. I don't care anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I'll definitely, I'd be interested to see the second one and cool. um, have lots of questions. And yeah, yeah, I think awesome. the concept of gods is really interesting, too, in space. Are so. they gods? Yeah, right. Or why right. There's, that, there's no way to, like, understand what it is, so it's just called God, and I think that's a whole other kind that's of... A, and yeah, that's, so that's absolutely a, a short-sighted that name that the human race gave a much superior yeah. race. Here's this really big thing that's seemingly invincible in space. I guess it must be a god. I Except don't know. for how they're all dead when we find them. Humans <laughs> being short-sighted? I don't Doesn't buy happen. it. I don't buy it. <laughs> Tens of thousands of years later. I don't know, right? So, who knows? Maybe we have a new uh, new comic book reader on our hands. We'll, we'll see what happens as yeah, we progress. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, Thanks for coming. Jess, you're going to be here with uh, Bosque Beers for the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. And we really appreciate that. Uh, if you guys, again, if you want to see what we rate this Pickle Down Economics, uh, follow us on Untapped. Uh, we are at Craft Beer Comics. Follow Bosky there on Untapped as well. Uh, and find us on Instagram and Facebook, Craft Beer and Comics. And if you want to help out like uh, David did, patreon.com slash craft beer and comics. Um, again, David, it's going to be amazing. As soon as I can find something, I'm going to get it. Thank you very much. We love you guys and hope you guys enjoyed this episode.